it's Halloween. It's Halloween. So exciting. Yes. It's wait. like, it is like really here. So like, tell the people, tell the people what you've got, what you've got planned. What have you got up? What's, what's the house? How's oh, the haunting? Man. The it's house. The, vibe. the house is ridiculous. Uh, my house has basically been covered. It's covered in, in, I mean, it's always covered in kind of spooky stuff, mm-hmm. but it's especially covered right now. Our Halloween lights have been mm-hmm. on nonstop for like, I'd say a good month. We're going to carve our jack-o'-lantern tonight. And uh, we've, been, we've been watching scary movies nonstop, so I'm really excited. I can't wait. Ooh, that's yeah, some good it's stuff. Any, oh, it's like, be great. any good scary ones? Is Katie over? Is Katie like, I'm done and I want Thanksgiving? <laughs> Katie's so over so it. You have her like, she's all covered in like that trans, the, the transparent spider web stuff that you get at Target. <laughs> oh, she's so over it. We have been, it's ridiculous. Oh my goodness. But uh, yeah, it's, 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 I'm really excited. How about you, Marie? What have you guys been up to? Oh. Well, like we're we're getting ready to deck out the the front of the house. You know, we're gonna put up like I said, we got like all this fake spider web, like seriously, like a whole trunk of the car filled with the <laughs> this white puffy <laughs> stuff. It just looks like cotton that we're gonna try and string up everywhere. And then we debated on the giant spider, right? Because the mm. giant spider's a classic. But we like we're like you know what? Let's we're it's gonna be kind of um, more subdued more refined and dignified, if you will. And we're just going to have a, like some lights um, in lanterns and the, the spider webs and just sort of, just sort of mood. We're going for mood. Oh, so exciting. Instead of, you know, instead of like open graves and um, body parts, we're going for mood. Sophisticated. Good. I like it. Oh yeah. I'm pretty yes. excited. I'm, I'm excited That's for you, that. Marie. Dude, it's, it is contagious. I have to save it. I feel like this year especially, my I'm on eleven for for Halloween, and I, there's only one influence that there's there's only one influence around here about that, and that's that is that is the uh, the jack o' lantern, the jack o' lantern shirt wearing Christopher Cockrell. <laughs> All right, let's get so this episode here, folks. We are doing honestly one of the things I find to be the most scary of all of the topics we. We all the topics we ever investigate on the show. This to me is the most scary besides maybe the Pleiadians thing, which we are going to do an episode on too, just because of the depth of the depth of lore, but also the, just the, the scary level to which people believe this stuff as shown by the recent spate of bombings going on. Yeah. So yeah. this episode, we are coming to the conclusion of our series on demonology and uh, kind of satanic panic generally by discussing the satanic panic in modern uh, modern mythology. So the satanic panic that goes on today. So we're going to kind of take you on a quick tour of the satanic panic, starting with Michelle Remembers and then kind of jumping over to the modern versions of this story, which include Illuminati clones of the Royal family and Britney Spears that include Pizzagate that includes QAnon that includes all this stuff that again, not to put too fine a point on it, but people actually believe this stuff. Yes. Okay. And the suspension, sort of the suspension of logic and the suspension of rational being able to take yourself out of a situation, I think is like, to your point, the most scary thing about this is that it's cult-like behavior without really having 
that even much a, of a set doctrine. There's not even a leader. Right? There's not even there's a leader. There's not even a leader. Good God. It's, it's like this, this uh, the mass psychogenic event, right? Absolutely. Mass hysteria. Love that. All right. Let's let's get into it. Jake, roll the terrifying tape. <laughs> Welcome to the Mad Scientist Podcast. This week's episode. Okay. Now, to start this episode, we need to say just off the bat because I because <laughs> there's going to be people who will question this. Mm-hmm. As well you should. As, as well you should. Don't Do- just believe us because we no. say stuff. No, not at all. <laughs> um, however, I just I do want to say this off the bat. Donald Trump is not the source of this stuff, right? So no. don't – we're not trying to be political here. In yeah. my opinion, Donald Trump is a symptom of this yes. ultimately. And, and yes. like honestly, like almost all of our politicians in the last 20 years have been a, a symptom of this. It's it's the yes. increasing level of partisanship. It is uh it is stoked, I think, mostly by the media and by religion, honestly. But I don't think it necessarily has to do with your I don't even know how to fix it. Like that's the scariest thing to me about this. Yeah, I think it's just stoked by fear. Fear can come from anything, right? And fear is a part of human nature. It's a part of any kind of human response, you know. Like, I think, like, it, it can come from the media. It can come from, it can come from books. It can come from your family. It can come from, you know, what you believe to be true. It can become from not knowing something, right? Fear is always based from yeah. what is unknown to you, which is many things to many different people. Absolutely. So the beginning of this really starts with, um, with Lawrence Pazder. And his patient, Michelle Smith, who uh, eventually became his wife, Michelle Pazder. A, crazy right there, a right? Terri- Can we just say yeah. that that's crazy right there? A terrifying um, piece of info that doesn't get put into the books they wrote, suppose, you know, surprisingly. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> Woo! Now, yeah. Pazder was a psychiatrist in, um, in, in Victoria, British Columbia. He first became in Canada. We can really put this all down on Canada. <laughs> we absolutely can. It's all of our, it's all Canadians faults. Now his, Canadians. uh, his first wife, um, Marilyn, and then he had four children. And then in, uh, and then in around the 19, like late 1960s mm-hmm. to early 1970s or mid 1970s, maybe. Right. Mm-hmm. He became involved in sort of, so he was always a he was always a devout Catholic, right? But he really started to become interested in sort of religious ceremonies and seemingly like demonic possession or possessions, ideas like that, whatever. Okay. Now he then started to dabble in hypnosis as part of his practice, which again at the time was not considered to be a completely wackadoo sort of thing as it is today. Um, cause we just didn't know how terrible it could be until basically Pazder used it for this purpose. <laughs> um, and so he began to see in 1973, a woman named Michelle Smith and she initially came in for, uh, depression. And uh, it was about three years after he started seeing her 
that she started to kind of show signs that there was something else that she was remembering, but couldn't really put her finger on. Mm-hmm. And what unfolded was a, just a, in, uh, I mean, completely disturbing story that is told in the book. Michelle remembers about her supposed ritual abuse at the hands of a theistic satanic cult. Yes. Now, the reason that I do was very young, right? When she was basically around five to six. Now, the reason that we make mm-hmm. the distinction between theistic Satanism and just Satanism proper, obviously we just had an episode with, with two of the highest members of the satanic church, lovely people, totally lovely fine, people. totally nice, right? Like completely lovely fine people. people. So, people. you know, they, again, with this panic did not make that distinction because they honestly did not take the time to educate themselves enough to make that distinction. Um, but so yeah, the Satanism, Satanism to them at that point. Right? Exactly. You gotta have, it's all encompassing. Now, uh, some of the things that he, that Michelle said occurred to her included being given a, basically she set the stage for all later satanic ritual abuse cases and all satanic ritual abuse kind of stories. She talked about how she was first taken away from her mother um, and basically dehumanized. So they would tell her that she was she was horrible. She did all these terrible things, um, b- basically that she essentially helped or caused a woman to be murdered who they murdered in front of her. They then basically kept her chained up in a basement, supposedly um, forcing her to, you know, uh, basically live in completely squalid, horrible conditions, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, forced her to uh, defecate and, and urinate on the Bible and a cross forced her to uh, eat human flesh, forced her to do all these uh, terrible, terrible things. Drink blood at yeah. the altar of Satan. And Pazder ate all of this up. You know, there was uh, no evidence for any of it. There was no, uh, really there was nothing there except for the word of this woman who Pazder eventually married. So it's a, and, and it's very, uh, it was very deep. It was very detailed. And a lot of the things that she claimed were things that could never have possibly happened. Right. So things like, you know, they were using, uh, they were murdering babies by the dozen in front of her or that, you know, her mother, her mother and father, her mother especially was involved in the abuse, right. Had been part of it that, that a hospital that she stayed at, was part of the abuse that a nurse there um, was one of the main, you know, Satanists that was doing this terrible, these terrible things to her. And that's yeah. specifically that it was the, the point of the assaults on Michelle were not to um, were essentially to force her into believing that she was a vessel for Satan. And that uh, basically caused her to become a Satanist herself. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, this got so serious um, that she and Pazder, so Michelle and Pazder actually traveled to the Vatican to talk about this. And then they became something basically almost famous for their work. Well, he's the guy who came up with the 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 phrase ritual abuse, right? That's him. Yeah. Was Pazder. That, that is, is him. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's just, it's insidious because one, it takes away from children that are abused in a system by putting this entire mythology on it that is totally unsubstantiated by anything else besides 
besides this one person's account, which has been manipulated. And it also is insidious because it's sort of like, this is not what you go to a therapist for. <laughs> really, yeah. right? You go in thinking, you know, you're having trouble sleeping, you're having some depression. And I don't understand. Like, I think the thing that really interests me is like, what was the, like, what was the jar that got opened that decided what was going to come out was, was this entire story? Like, how did what was actually ailing her get subterfuged into this? Because that's, to me, it's like, I, I feel like, because from this one case, this one story, this one very, very popular story, this this is sort of like the genesis, patient zero for everything else that occurred within the, within the, the next, you know, the next 20, 30 years. Yeah. Now, what's fascinating with this book, and this is going to come up again and again and again, is that uh, this this story tore her family apart? Yeah. And there's a part of this. There's a part of this that is. We all have kind of the crazy uncle, the crazy aunt, whatever, who believes that you know nine eleven was an inside job, or believes that you know Obama's a reptilian, or believes that Trump is literally Satan, right? Like we all have those yeah. crazy people in our families. Yes. Who you just you just kind of ignore until Thanksgiving, and then you sit with it. Right. Yeah. Imagine that this in some ways it's, it's so scary to me is that in some ways this is the result of not checking those fantasies. Right. No one ever said to Michelle, this is not true. OK, so this is this is from uh, this is this is a quote from Zepper.org. So, uh, quote. Uh, and so this article here is a. Uh, the, from the Mail on Sunday, London, England, uh, from September of 1990. The, the article is called Michelle Remembers the Debunking of a Myth. Quote, Doctor, oh, so, but did Michelle, now aged 40, tell the truth? Do these things actually physically happen to her? Is Michelle Remembers published in this country by Michael Joseph and now being treated with such respect by a powerful child welfare lobby fact or fiction? For the past two weeks, Mail on Sunday reporters have been investigating. Dr. Pazder, who has since been consulted more than a thousand ritual abuse cases, uh, who has since been consulted on, I assume, was reluctant to spook to us at length. He would not allow us access to Michelle, his wife, and star witness. He said, for Michelle to go on talking about these things is too painful. She is totally free of Satan today. She is a wonderful person, full of freedom and love. But every other witness we have interviewed described these happenings as the hysterical ravings of an uncontrolled imagination. Some, including a Roman Catholic bishop, gave Michelle the benefit of the doubt that she did genuinely believe these things happened to her, but they are firmly convinced that in real life, they did not and have to be explained as the workings of her subconscious. In the book, Michelle says she was first introduced to the satanic ring by her mother in the basement of her home in 1955. She was just five. Dr. Pastor conceals the family's true identity and home address, but, uh, and they say that they have actually found the family. I'm not going to mention the names because I don't think that's necessarily fair. But so they say the first witness is Michelle's father, Jack. Uh, Jack, now 74, admits he was not the perfect father and it was a difficult marriage. But he is outraged at what Michelle and her psychiatrist have done to the memory of his wife, who died in 63. It was the worst pack of lies a little girl could ever make up. The book took me four months to read and I cried all the time. So did I, but not because it was a emotionally thing, which is terrible, written, terribly written. I kept saying to myself, dear God, how could anyone do this to their dead mother? 
There never was a woman on this earth who worked harder for her daughters. There was no hanky-panky or devil-worshipping. Uh, Mr. Proby itemizes examples, three specific points where he says Michelle lied. Book, Michelle says she had no religious upbringing. Father, she went to church every Sunday with her mother and sisters. The three of them were confirmed together. Book, Michelle said she was twice poisoned during satanic rites. Father, she was treated for poisoning, but it had nothing to do with devil worship. Once she drank terps and paint mixture while I was cleaning my brushes. Another time she ate shoe polish. Book, Michelle describes a horrible car accident which was relived by the devil worshippers in which Satan himself appears. Father, what I do recall was us once coming across a fatal crash in our car. We saw two cars smashed together and a woman lying in the road bleeding to death. Her intestines were hanging out and it was a horrible sight. Michelle started to scream and we could not stop her for ages. Um, Dr. Andrew Gillespie, who was the family doctor, said, I believe it was something she pictured in a lot of conversations with Dr. Pazder and an overactive imagination. I remember her mother as a kindly woman. She died of cancer when Michelle was 14. There were several poisoning episodes in which the children got into mischief, but they were not serious. End quote. I mean, did they even check to see if the, the house has a basement? I don't even know. It's, you know, <laughs> it's very interesting because... You know, it's, but it's, it's so similar to the, the QAnon stuff or the Pizzagate stuff or whatever, right? Yeah. Where there's just no evidence anywhere for any of it, right? And it just keeps getting pounded on and pounded on and pounded on until you just, people just believe it, right? Yeah. Well, what's so insidious is it's like a lot of this she came up with while she was under hypnosis, right? So she was being fed this by the psychologist. Absolutely. Psychiatrist, yeah. Which the, by the quack, by Pazner. Like in the, this sort of, this, you know, sexual abuse, insidious, like perversion came out of that. Yeah. Like it had no, like there wasn't any... You know, from from what you've just read and from what I've read, there's nothing in her background that had anything like that. Yeah. And that it was all this, this, this sort of like vessel and spoon fed for this horrific kind of, you know, fodder that was ultimately also going to go forward and make money. Like, that's the thing. It's, it's like, it's like almost like pornography it's like it's that kind of like there's an insidiousness to it that's like that is really evil that's really wrong and it's like i feel like she went in seeking help and you know needing and you know trusting someone and the person she trusted ended up doing this to her and and ripping her family apart mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. but then also like she ended up having sort of this weird sick relationship where she married him well, and that's crazy. What's so uh, it is. Stop it is flipping a table over here. No, it's messed up. It's completely yeah. disgusting. Right. I mean, the Dr. Pazder should have been uh, tarred and feathered. Like I, I have no sympathy for him yeah. at all. No. Now that book came out in like 1986, 87, somewhere around there. Yeah. yeah. That then led to a tremendous fear across the world. Now we've talked about the satanic panic a little bit before, but yeah. here's some of the stuff here that was, was, was actually given out at the time by governments and by schools, by police officers, right? Things like that. So this is, this is from, um, this is from a, uh, a document 
called, um, this document is called Satanic Cult Awareness, presented by Galen W. Hurst, PhD, and Robert L. Marsh. Um, so this is training manual um, for basically uh, teachers, law enforcement, whatever. Nice. Okay. Good training manual. Now, um, this is this is who they put on their recognition list here of people. So Dale Griffiths, PhD, from Tiffin, Ohio. Detective Sandy Gallant Daly of the San Francisco PD. Lieutenant Larry Hones of the Boise, Idaho PD. Sergeant Jay Hill of the San Diego PD. Kurt Jackson of the Beaumont, California PD. And Gary Bradford and Jim Craig of the U.S. Defense Investigative Service. Um, these are some of the things. Now, this is a real document. Okay, so this is going to sound ridiculous. This is real stuff. And what okay. year is this from? Really? This is from 86. Ah, oh, okay. All right, around, right around yeah, there. Yeah. Actually, wait, you know what? I think that's another document that I'm, I'm going to read after this. This one is from, hold on one second here. This one is from around 1993. I want to say around 1990, 1993. All right, so yeah, okay. Okay. So, this is all about cult indoctrination, right? Uh, things that yeah. might be a sign that your kid is involved in a satanic cult, stuff like that. All right? This 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 is insane, okay? Um. So, hold on here second jake as i do this oh my goodness where is this thing i okay here it is i highlighted okay signs of pagan and satanic practices amongst teenagers you ready marie i am we're gonna I see am. how many I, mean, I, I i have a tween okay we're gonna see i mean, i want to i want to make sure i'm gonna be on the lookout well i'm gonna I, my husband might be he's highly susceptible to stuff i, I was gonna say so. we should check this off for paul and myself profile sure. male right. mm -hmm. okay Intelligent, but an underachiever. Creativity. Curiosity beyond norm. Low self-esteem. I am full of myself, so I don't know if I hit that one. Middle. I was going to say, you are fine. Never mind. Middle to upper middle class family. Difficulty in relating to peers. Boredom, alienation from family and religion. Listening to that punk rock music. Okay. Early Is that on there? Not just wait. Early phases, abnormal level of stress, anxiety, and fear, feelings of inadequacy or loss of control. Now, signs of active involvement. Basically, puberty, right? Yeah, I mean, that's puberty. Yeah, you know, hair in weird places, right? The check. Signs of active involvement: obsession with fantasy role-playing games. Oh. Obsession. Oh, that's trouble. Obsession with heavy metal music. Oh. Books on a cult. Dude, they got your number on that. Objects used for spells or rituals. So this includes candles, pentagrams, inverted crosses, symbols, in parentheses, 666, stones, mm -hmm. powders, oils. So I got all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Symbolic jewelry, which I don't know. I don't wear any jewelry. Excessive mm -hmm. and unexplained paranoia of the world. <laughs> <Extra> excessive? <laughs> like, what's a, what's a normal amount of paranoia of the world? Yeah, what kind of what kind of threat level would we have to be at to to not have it be excessive? Yeah. Is there like something over red? Is it like yeah. maroon is and, like excessive? And then uh, extreme secrecy, self mutilation, usually razor slashes, and fear of discussing involvement. Involvement in what? Involvement, <laughs> just involvement. I'm assuming involvement in the cult. Just involvement in like you don't want to play kickball. I mean, so like, you got a kid. Is... So you have a kid. Okay, okay, you got a yeah. kid. I got a kid who is 
in a role-playing games. He's in the heavy metal music. He's reading spooky books that you and your wife find terrifying. He is I, wearing Stephen King. Right. right? He's wearing yeah, dark yeah, yeah. colors, all this stuff, whatever. Yeah. And slams his door a lot. And then you get me, mom. And then yeah, uh and then you ask him, Are you in a satanic cult? And he's like, What? And you're like, Oh, it's the last checkbox. Ridiculous. See, that's that is what I love about that, because what they just described there is puberty. Absolutely right, exactly. That's like every single person. And the thing that's really kind of effed up about that too, by the way, is like they slip a few things in there that are major concerns, like cutting. Absolutely. Right? Like that is a sign of something that needs to be addressed, but has nothing to do with a satanic cult. No. Now here's that's, some oh, okay. Here's some of the here's some of the symbology they say to specifically be on the lookout for. All right. Okay, okay. good, 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 good. So good. first All off, right. um gotta be up on it. Okay, so the horned hand is the sign pictures, of rec- pictures of kittens hanging off of trees, singing, hanging, hanging their baby. No, All right. <laughs> the horned hand is the sign horned of recognition hand. between those who are in the occult. It may also innocently be used by those who identify with heavy metal music, which we just said like twenty pages ago no, was a sign no- of the occult. Yeah, there's no in- innocent identification with heavy metal. No, all heavy metal is Satan's domain. Okay, um, Zozo. <sighs> Symbol for three-headed dog, protector of gateway to hell. Nickname of Jimmy Page. <laughs> I was gonna say, what are you talking about? That's that's some Led Zepp. The symbol yin yang represents male, female, night, day, black, white, and good, evil. So that too, they're just gonna, they're now just gonna go. We're just gonna lump in every. We're gonna go xenophobic, and we're just gonna lump in everything. Yeah. Oh my god. ACDC. Symbol for <laughs> Antichrist slash Devil's Children. Also a heavy metal music group. In parentheses, note the lightning bolt. Note okay. the lightning bolt. Uh, symbol for Twisted Sister, a heavy metal music group. Oh, barely. Ozzy, really? Ozzy, really? Ozzy's name. Symbol for Ozzy Osbourne, okay. madman of heavy metal. Okay, I'll give you Ozzy. And then Kiss, and then <laughs> Kiss. Symbol for Kiss, a heavy metal musical group. Note the double lightning bolts for SS, or I, obviously the, the Nazi SS, which they also say is a terrible thing here. Which that one they got right, uh, yeah. but ridiculous! Wow, wow! This was given so, out to police officers. Wow! So, and here's the funny thing: is a lot of those police officers probably listened. Like Led Zepp, are you kidding me? Honestly, I mean that's the thing. It's like I can't believe that. Like, I get it. Like, I get like, I get why this gain momentum i get the idea of sort of this mass contagion event where you're just gonna be it's just you know it is almost like a this hysteria which you know it's not it's more you know it's not hysteria as in anyways but i just don't get like if you were let's say you're a cop right you're you're and you listen to this and you love this music are you like at some point are you like huh Am I a devil worshiper and I just haven't known it? Or is this full of it? Like, when do you sort of break, like, when do you have the, like, besides your teenager or your tween being like, Mom, this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. And you're like, aha! I mean, I'm sorry. I just, I love it. I love it. They, I love it. They lump, they're all their metal together, too. Like, I love it. They put in, like, Twisted Sister and Kiss. Twisted Sister and yeah. Kiss and ACDC. Okay, so there's just, you know, like, none of those bands really have anything to do with one another. No. Except you can kind of, like, 
put them under that, but it's not even right. That's what's hysterical about it. Mm. And I think the other thing that is just, again, so insidious about this is it is enforcing the idea not to listen to kids, right? That whatever they're going to tell you is not true, that they're going to deny it, that they're, that they're, that they're having problems and they're going to deny being in a satanic cult. Well, the thing is though, too, it, it's kind of, it's a weird, it's like a weird mix of things because it's, it's both. You don't believe kids. It's essentially, you believe kids when they're saying what you want them to say. Right, which you, is you, never. No, right? no, which is never Kids the way to never go. Never going to say. Well, that's it, yeah, that's exactly it. It's like there's massive, like, you know, that's just so wrong to start to 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 like push that. It's it's so it's it's so interesting because it it does it it kind of. The thing is too with a kid, and and you know, you know, people know we now know this from you know talking to kids and, and figuring out how to kind of psychologically ask them questions about these things that are very challenging is a kid. Kids are very easy to lead on. They're very easy to get, to get them to say what you want them to say. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of a weird thing because on the one hand you do want to believe kids, you want to believe victims when stuff like this comes out. But on the other hand, the, it's so easy for it to turn into a, into a witch hunt. Right. It's so easy for it to turn into um, something untrue or unfair or not couched in the right way that it's just it's so scary. It's so scary that it could turn into this, especially kids that are vulnerable. Absolutely. That, you know, that have sort of um, attachment issues will, you know, will uh help fortify a story like this if they feel like that's something that somebody wants to hear and that's what's even more effed up it's like these are the these are people you know young adults teenagers that need that need help too absolutely in some in some respects and that's just like oh my god and then you've got like everyone else like listening or a large percentage of just you know just your general you know anxiety ridden teenagers that are freaking out about everything anyways. And then this, this rolls in there as well. It's amazing. Ah, it's, it's very interesting. Now here's the thing. Hmm. All of this stuff, all of (laughs) this stuff seemed to have ended. Mm -hmm. A lot of us think that this stuff ended in the eighties, in the nineties, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Along with twisted sister. Along with Twisted Sister. D. Schneider went down and he was like, you know what? I'm calling it. It's over. We're calling off the satanic cults, people. We're done. Now, it's... Here's the thing. It never went away. Never. Mm. It never stopped. Mm. It's still here today. Now, why do we say that? Okay. What base, What essentially happened... It, it's kind of what we do in science in a weird way. It is the proof by proving the negative or proving the inverse. I was, right? I was thinking you're going to say sacrifice kittens. And then I was no. going to be like, Oh my God. No, 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 no. It is, um, it is <laughs> Sorry, like, folks, it is basically, you know, you, if you can't prove that God exists, maybe you can prove that Satan does. And if Satan exists, then God has to exist. Mm. And so a lot of people, for a lot of people, Satan is a very real thing. It's, he, you know, they are a real being who is out there trying to trick you. 
And we see that in the kind of blossoming of evangelical uh, belief systems. Yes. We see it in the blossoming of various conspiracy theories. And we see a lot of these ideas get morphed into our own modern day kind of ideas about things like, say, the Illuminati or uh, Pizzagate or QAnon. Yeah. So the modern day Illuminati story really comes from the satanic ritual abuse panic of the 1980s. Mm. Okay. So here's, here is a list of, uh, and this, this by the way is from, uh, this is from 2006, this article. Mm. Okay. This is, um, this is from the ASCA. Okay. Um, which is by, uh, this article is by Frida Briggs, the emeritus professor in child development of the university of South Australia and Dr. Mary O'Neill, a psychologist, a clinical and forensic psychologist. Okay. This is a paper that says that satanic ritual abuse is real and occurring in Australia today. Again, this came out in 2006. The article is ritual abuse and torture in Australia. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Common themes in ritual abuse. These themes have been drawn from the personal experiences of the authors, as well as clinical studies, case histories and testimony of clinicians and surveys and etc. Survivors of ritual abuse and sexual abuse are advised that this list is extremely disturbing and should only be read with the support of a support person present. So mm. violent rituals that include mock marriages, mock funerals, fake surgery, fake surgeries, uh, ritualized torture, um, props and symbols being used, such as blood, knives, altars, circles, animal parts, human parts, fire, corpses, ropes, pentagrams, etc. Um, supernatural beliefs, so beliefs in omnip- the omniscience of perpetrator group, belief that perpetrators have magical powers, etc. Simulations of the death experience, terrorization, bonding mechanisms, so victims are given new parents, victims are rescued by good perpetrators, or they're forced to perpetrate uh, violence against other victims. Um, and then extreme secrecy is the other big one here, right? So mm. operant conditioning and psychological coercion used to enforce silence of victims, code words used to refer to perpetrators, abuse, places of abuse, drugs used to disorient victims, blindfolds, caps, uh, capsaicin spray is what I think they meant to write here in the eyes to blind victims. Mm. All of those are, this was written by a real psychologist. Okay. Mm-hmm. Someone who was, someone who is, mm-hmm. uh, who was looked upon, favorably in their field. Yeah. Those are published. Yeah. Yeah. Published paper. Um, reviewed in particular, the use of code words, uh, to refer to perpetrators, abuse, places of abuse, drugs used to disorient, etc. Very, very reminiscent of Pizzagate. Yeah. And that's right. Yeah. 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 Totally. So the, the idea here generally, there's a couple of different strands of this that go out there in kind of the world. The major strand is this idea that the world's rich and powerful are essentially involved in, in a tremendous amount of human trafficking. They uh, steal children or are given willingly by parents who are in the Illuminati or in satanic cults or whatever. The children are then given to the rich and famous and then used for a period of time after which they're brought back to their parents Uh, brainwashed in some way and then left with the repressed memories, but they don't remember them until they're adults or whatever. Um, And that's, that's kind of it. That's kind of the whole idea on part of that kind of branches out in other weird ways, right? So there's a guy online who swears that um, 
who swears that Queen Elizabeth is a uh, clone uh, clone master. So the guy's name is Donald Marshall. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, he I has heard of this one. So this, this is, is one of his. This is one of his uh, from one mm-hmm. of his Facebook mm-hmm. uh, from one of his Facebook posts. Posts. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, this is on the anti Elizabeth. Yeah, right? yeah, Elizabeth absolutely. In, okay, all right, all right, yeah. all right. So this all is right. on the anti Illuminati and Freemasonry Facebook page, which is liked by forty four thousand people. Okay, he says, "quote The royal family of England, yes, Queen Elizabeth, Philip, Duke of Edinburgh, and Prince Charles are the worst of them. Unbelievable, depraved perverts, all showing off the celebrities that go there." Elizabeth has the children there call her Lilibet and does ungodly things to them. Some she fakes being nice to, some she is terrible to, cutting them with swords while they scream. The decent people that are there against their will are afraid to say anything against them. Most have their children there as a kind of hostage, to be torn apart to be torn apart if they even think of informing anyone. But as they have been torturing me terribly anyway, I will tell all. Vladimir Putin loves to put the fear of torture and death into people, but is essentially a cowardly pervert himself. Most of the famous people are ashamed to speak or be seen by me there very much as they're ashamed of the perverse and disgusting gatherings. I am a decent person and will not participate in these acts, so they use me as an example and torture me for my being a good person. He also does believes it, that Britney... Does it have anything about her corgis? I don't know. I actually don't think so. He also believes that Britney Spears is a clone who was murdered because she would not do these things. So is Eminem. Okay. Oh. So is Miley Cyrus. Slim? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this is what he says about Miley Cyrus. This is Donald Marshall, July 31st, 2013. Miley Cyrus was was talking at the cloning center last night saying that she is going to be needing songs and that I will be making them. I said, no, I'm not going to be making any more songs. She said, yes, you will. I said, quote, Miley, you are going to be in some lot of trouble in future for keeping silent about an alien body snatching crisis, end quote. She said, quote, I'll just say I was scared. Aliens, hello, end quote, and she chuckled. I said, yeah, but how long do you remain silent? 10 years, 20? When are you going to tell people? She said that I was scared. I then said, are you going to tell people that your fear of real caused you to stand in front of me with a knife and demand songs or you'd stab me? She hesitated, looked around at the stands as if looking for an answer. Then she said through gritted teeth with slitted eyes, you're going to die, motherfucker, in like a whisper. I said, that's some appreciation. She just stared at me and put on an evil smile. I said, I hope in future when people finally rise up and start cleaning the mess that they burn you people. Burn you in the street to death. You know, a lot can happen in seven minutes, and luckily, that's how long it takes me to tell a story. My name is Aaron Califato, and I'm the creator of 7-Minute Stories, I'm proud to partner with Evergreen Podcasts, and I'd like to invite you to join me on this journey. I'm going to take you on some crazy roller coaster rides using my unique extemporaneous storytelling style, and together, we're going to try to make sense of the world, all through the art of storytelling, and all in approximately seven minutes. So, let's unpack that. (laughs) (laughs) So, I think On several levels, one, like, clearly, uh, clearly you have people that need help, right? That this is, this is what their belief is. This is what their, their mind is telling them is true. And that is a disorder, right? That's treatable to a, to an extent that can be diagnosed with modern Western medicine. And it can be treated, right? Like that's schizophrenia. That's 
that's something that is compelling this person to act this way. And then there's the whole narrative that fits into that, that's sort of the overarching umbrella that's driving or that's feeding the machine that can that that somehow triggers that and helps helps kind of put that into being in somebody's head, which is the idea of the Illuminati or the idea of the the uh, you know of the of this of this. I admit I had not heard this about the Queen Mum, um, which is really really good. But like all of these things are just like even when you were talking and sort of just like again about the. The idea of this coming to, to coming to fruition in the '80s, and the idea of the evangelical entering the political stream more, or the idea even of like when we talked about the Forever War, right? The idea of it, you you that nothing's right, right? That everything you're under, you're constantly under siege from something, and it can't be a rational thing because then it could be solvable or treatable, right? If it's something as far out as uh, you know, us arming ourselves forever because we can never back away from that. Or uh, the Queen Mother, you know, cloning uh, Miley Cyrus, who's demanding hit songs from people at knife point. I mean, really, like, there's no place to go from there. You got nothing. Like, there is no remedy. There is nothing coming out of that that, that we're going to be able to solve, right? And that's the thing that I think is is amazing is when people can make sense of things like this or when people can make sense of like Pizzagate or QAnon or uh, 9-11 as an inside job. It's like, how, how do you even, how do you even stop something or how do you even like circumvent or even, I don't even know, you know, it's like, you can't, that doesn't exist. That, that logic doesn't exist in that world. What's interesting I think is that, and I've, I've actually heard this mentioned on, Last podcast on the left, they talk about how, you know, in the 90s, in the early 2000s, even you had to go looking for stuff like that. You had to, like that was I Googled. I, I knew that guy's name because I remember it happening in 2013. Huh. <laughs> but like I had to go. I just Googled that guy's name and it came up. Right. <sighs> I, I could have Googled Queen Elizabeth clone and I would find, you know, hundreds of pages that agree with that guy. Right. Whereas before you had to go looking like to find real hardcore conspiracy stuff or to find real kind of hardcore alien stuff or whatever, it was a lot harder today. Anyone with a phone, anyone with a, with a laptop, anyone with, with, you know, a Wi-Fi open connection can access this stuff, can sign up for newsletters, can, can get involved. And it just magnifies the voice and the problem. Because there is no, you know, there is no, um, there is, there is no stop to it. Yeah. Right. It's constant. It's constant levels of fear. I mean, this is the thing, right? Alex Jones. It's not like Alex Jones was more sensible when George W. Bush was in office, right? It's not like he changes his tune when there's a Republican in office. He's not partisan. Really? He's a nutcase. So it, it just capitalist. It, well, capitalist. I mean, really though, Hard it's money. Yeah. It's just, it's just conspiracist, right? Like he, yeah. it, it's all, yeah. there's always a conspiracy. They're always coming to get you. They're always, it's always, you're always in danger. Right. Yeah. And if yeah. it's not, if it's not the Democrats, 
It's the deep state Republicans. If it's not the deep state Republicans, it's the reptilians. If it's not the reptilians, it's the Illuminati. If it's right. So, and it just builds and builds and builds to a crescendo point where it feels, you know, it, there were people, there were real news anchors. There were people on national television talking about how these bombs were fake this weekend or this week. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yes. That's, I had yes. people at work tell me, you know, I think that stuff might be fake. Right. Like that. And not even in a way, not even a way that it's like, I think the guy's crazy. I don't think he meant the bombs to go off. People being like, I wonder if, I wonder if Soros sent that bomb, you know, like that happened. That's real stuff happening in this world. So it just, the, the barrier to the barrier to whacked out conspiracy is so low today. Well, it's sort of the, it's sort of the, the conscious dissolving of established norms too, in some ways, like things that I don't think that you take for, you take for granted if you don't have them tested in some ways. One is, one is like, I don't think, I think even during like after 9-11 to say that 9-11 was an inside job was just insidious. Like that was like, I remember people being really outraged and really offended, even if they didn't, you know, even Democrats who maybe didn't think very highly of George Bush at the time felt like, you know what, a government, an American government would not do that. Even if I disagree with the political party, they would not do that because that's, that's a line we're not crossing because that's fiction, right? Or that the FBI and career law and order people that have given their, you know, have given their time and their life and their, you know, hours, family to, 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 you know, protecting the country would, would, would fake things or would lie or would, would sub, would subvert Mm -hmm. democracy. I think that these are things like you can't, you can't really reason with because you haven't ever had to before in some ways that I think, and that's what's, that's what's so hard. It's so hard to think like, well, you know, I can't believe that. I cannot believe that George Soros would send himself a bomb. I can't believe that that is even something that we are saying could happen is, and I don't think that that's necessarily, I I think it is born out of fear. And I think that your fear is being fostered, but I don't think it's, I think it's, it can be a contagion anywhere, but can come up through anything. And that's what makes it so hard because you just don't know how to, like I said, you don't know how to combat it and you don't know how to make sense out of it because you can't get out of, it's a closed loop. You can't get out of it. There's nothing to come out of with something like that. Well, it's, like it, if, if somebody, if you believe Pizzagate, then it's very hard to understand how you wouldn't believe Pizzagate. What's what kind of hurts or what uh, hurts, I guess what kind of scares me, I think with all of this is yeah. it's reminiscent. I think of sort of, you know, you like you wonder about say like the fall of Rome. Right. Or the fall of uh, the fall of any other kind of major world power. I mean, there really has not been a sort of. There hasn't been as spectacular a collapse as Rome, I think. You know, I mean, maybe I guess you could say the collapse of Mesopotamia. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Like, 
in the uh, well documented, yeah, right, kind of well documented in kind of the modern age that wasn't immediately superseded by another civilization, right? Like I think you can argue that Mesopotamia's collapse was kind of then a lot of that you know diffused over to say Egypt, and then a lot yeah, of that true. diffused over true. to kind of the Egyptian, Roman, Greco-Roman kind of Mediterranean, right? With um, it just it feels like it's coming to a head. Do you know what I mean? It feels like it's it feels like it's coming to a head. And not only that it's coming to a head, but that I think there is something to be said almost about these periods in time where mm. I think the thing that's kind of missing here is it's not there is no moral. And I don't even mean this in the, in this in the way that it's going to sound because it's going to sound ridiculous, but there almost is like no moral standard that we hold ourselves to anymore. Right. We don't we don't think that they're right. Lying is not considered a bad thing. It's just considered a thing that happens. We always assume that people are trying to trick us. Um, but we should expect or we should hope for better than that, I think. And it's naive, I think. I think that's the problem with, say, you know, I think that's the problem a lot of people have with, say, the Demo the Democratic Party's view of this or the kind of the, the more liberal side is that the assumption on that side is that people won't lie to you that people on, on their own are good. And I think that's kind of why I think a lot of people, including myself, gravitate more towards, say, almost a libertarian viewpoint in some ways where uh -huh. people are terrible. People will lie to you. People <laughs> will try to take advantage of you. People suck. No, but I mean, well, but, but seriously, no, though, I like, like we, we, you, as, but... we assume that we assume that we put these conspiracy theories out there and we don't want to say these people are stupid or their damage, or this is wrong, or whatever, because we just think, well, it's just their their own thing, or whatever. And then, you know, a guy sends pipe bombs in the mail because no one's ever checked him on his stupid beliefs. Like people, I, hear you. I think yeah. there's a, I think the scariest thing about all of this, to me, is the kind of, and I, I say it a lot on Facebook just because I, I really do find it very terrifying, the dem, the democratization of facts. We have this idea that it doesn't matter if your neighbor believes in lizard people or that the guy down the road believes that, you know, uh, the, the queen is a clone machine or whatever. She's a giant ant or something. She's a right? clone machine. Like, and we, she won't, won't. We, sorry. We just take it to be yeah. like, it's okay that these people believe this stuff, but it's, it's infectious. It spreads and it turns into these kind of, these kind of things where, you know, it's, oh, it's but it's yeah, like, it but, then, but then on the other hand, you get to like, but do we want to censor people? Like, how, is our is our only result downfall, Marie? So, but I think you're, you know, I get what you're saying, and I get, I get the concern behind it. I think step back and like, like look at, look at what America has been through. I mean, America in the 1950s and 60s in the South went through huge turmoil, a huge thing that. You know, that we basically tried to silence the voice of an entire group of people and thought that we could and thought that, I mean, and that must have felt, you know, to both the South as the established, you know, that that's, that's how they saw their world and to freedom and civil rights that are due to an entire group of people that must felt like just everything was coming asunder, Right. And I mean, has that has that resolved? No, no, but it hasn't. It's it's changed and it's 
you know, and the idea of of racism maybe has become more, you know, more systemic and it, it leads to things like this, but it's addressed and it didn't, it did not destroy the democracy, right? Or the idea of like the Vietnam War. The Vietnam War was one of the first hugely televised events where we saw we saw what we were doing to another country. We saw what we were signing up for and we didn't know if it was right. That must have that must have like that must have tore at people's souls to to go into fight and to 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 have that and to come back and not and not be welcomed by a nation or not know what was going to happen next or know if your government was telling you the truth or lying to you. So I feel like this is sort of we're in some ways myopic because it's happening now and it's happening to us. And it is bad. Don't get me wrong. I don't think what's happening is good. But I also think that it will something like this will always happen to to test the strength of what you've put in place and you have to you have to feed you have to feed the the democracy to keep it going. Like you have to you have to still put out facts. You have to still you know you know, strive for education and democracy and treating people, treating people fairly and not treating people with good and not, and not, uh, you know, assuming the worst. It's like, to me, it's like, that's, maybe I'm old fashioned. Maybe that's, that's just, maybe it's just me, but like, that's, that's where I find sort of um, comfort when I start to get a little bit too crazed with lizard people thoughts. Well, so here's you know. so here's the thing, right? I I think that I think that honestly, a lot of people have the feelings that, that warm we were exp- that warm that warm hug didn't work for you. My man, no, that- well, so so okay. So here, here's what I'm saying, right? I think that a lot of the anxieties that we're talking about mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. about what is right, what is wrong, about all this other stuff, whatever. Those are the feelings that breed this kind of conspiracy theory in the first place. Yes. Right. Yes. Bleed. They breed racism, sexism. Anything that's going to keep somebody apart from you or keep someone down or misunderstood right. in general. So, yeah. so what is interesting in the modern day is since 9-11, since the in- introduction of the Internet, since all this stuff, I, I don't know if uh, there's no there's not really a great deal of uh, academic study on this. Can we blame Google? <laughs> but it seems it seems like. There is an uptick in people that believe in these satanic ritual kind of conspiracies, right? So one of the books that I actually read to get prepared for this series, right? Um, I actually didn't, I didn't read it. I, I listened to it on Audible. And when I say that I read books on Audible, my wife gets very annoyed. So, she doesn't believe that Audible, she's, she thinks that it's not as good as reading? Not, I don't know, just that it's not like the right word, I guess. I don't really know that. The book that I listened to read to was The Ritual Abuse Secrets of the Illuminati by Archangel X. Damn. Maybe she was that, just mad because you were reading that. And maybe. Like, the <laughs> or something worth your time. Maybe. Their eyes were watching God, something that's worth it. In You're that like, book. The you, lizard people come to my front door by. So, <laughs> <laughs> by Lizard Man 12. By Lizard Man 12, they took away my name. So, and I am known only now by my number. In that book, 
he talks about he or she, whoever wrote this book talks about how they were worried about the world, about the state of the world, whatever they found themselves getting more and more panicked, more and more anxious. They couldn't sleep at night. They were having terrible nightmares, all this other stuff. And they went online and started reading about satanic ritual abuse. And what they found was that a lot of the things that they were having dreams about dreams of, you know, figures in cloaked hoods stabbing them or doing terrible things, or they themselves doing terrible things. These people online said, those are indicative of you being part of a satanic cult. Damn. Yo. And if this guy is to be believed this, I, I say guy, cause it's narrated by a male, but if this person is to be believed, they came to the realization. <laughs> could with, you imagine, could you imagine being the, the, the actor, the voice actor, and you're like, you go into Audible and you think you're going to get like, I don't know, some Clancy novel maybe or something. And they're like, you're going to read I Was Kidnapped by a Satanic Cult of Lizard People. And you're Can't like. Can't be easy. Not a good day at the office. Uh, not, a, not a good day at the office. So what this, guy, what this guy said was that he came to ultimately believe through the help of his therapist, his hypnotist. Aha! That his wife, his kids, all of his neighbors, everyone was involved in the cult. That his entire community was a satanic cult. Exactly. It is like the Truman Show. And so he talks about in the book, I left my wife. We're divorced. I am suing for sole custody of my kids um, because he believes that she is sexually abusing them because she's still part of this cult. And not only that, it is that. They don't remember it because of the cult's programming. So that they're saying, no, this didn't happen to me is part of the, the feedback loop that to him says they're really part of it. Then. Yeah. First of all, you should talk to audible about like, is this self-published? Like, could we be doing this type of stuff? Cause I don't think that that's necessarily something that got by an editor, but <laughs> I, I didn't even consider that. I didn't I even mean, consider really, that. Like, what are they letting on, on Audible? You're like, you're like well, what? Audible's just putting out anything now? Like, it's like, gee, that's why we have a podcast, so we can just spout off with, like, whatever. It's like, if I thought that we could be having this, like, you know, being hawked by by Audible, don't you think I wouldn't? Um, I don't know. I feel like a lot of it, a lot of it is, a lot of it is, is, um, is mental illness. A lot of it is. Or a lot of this sort of symptom of, the paranoia, the you know the the prosecution, the sense that 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 you know f- the fear, the anxiety, that's something that's not that's you know that's that's biological that can ho- like I said hopefully be treated and should be and should be like the thing is is it's like with all this crap that they're putting on top of it, they take away from like really demystifying mental illness, right? And well, taking that's- away like. That, that, you know, people that have mental illness are not inherently violent. They're not inherently less than someone. They're not inherently anything else. And it's a treatable thing. It should be a treatable thing. And it should be, you know, insured as such and managed as such. Right. Well, it, it comes down to kind of what we talked about in we've talked about in previous episodes where, yeah, if think about how differently this guy's life, if we were to believe his book, yes. self-published yes. book on Audible. I don't, um, is that a thing? 
it's totally a thing. If, uh, if, you know, think about how differently their life could have gone had they gone to a reputable psychologist. Yes. Right? To a, um, and that's, that's kind of, I think, though, part of this story overall, too, is that it's not just, there are, there are psychiatrists, there are people, therapists in the United States right now who treat satanic ritual abuse, who specialize in the treatment of this and will um, treat it as if it is real. Right. There, there, that paper we read from 2006, Australia, it's not that long ago. So the idea that these, the idea that this, it's not so to, to, to phrase it differently, I guess my point, it's not just wackos on the internet writing about this stuff. This is still taken seriously by your neighbors, by your friends, right? Like by your family members. I mean, it's, it's fascinating. Well, so, it's propagated. Right? That's the other thing. If you've got a psychiatrist that's putting you under hypnosis, still hypnosis in this day, it's like to your point, that's that's not that needs a little bit of. Uh, yeah, that's not kosher. Yeah, it's not copacetic, but it's like that's. And again, it's like it's the furthest thing, like it's the furthest, the most. um, The most crazy, improbable story. That they that 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 lands on it, and that's the thing that I find so amazing as well. Is it's not like, oh, you know, I had, uh, you know, my parents left. I had anxiety about, you know, my 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 dad's divorce, and then you know whatever, right? It's not sort of this, I hate to say more mundane, but like this more normal um, anxiety of pe- what people go through in their life. It can have, it can they end up in therapy for? It's the most extreme. I mean, you might as well be up there with like, I'm a wolf man. Yeah. No, I'm it, a werewolf. It, no, it gets, it's. And it's, the moon turns, I was bitten. I mean, you might as well just go with that. Yeah. So. How, sorry. No, no, it's fine. I mean, you're, you're absolutely correct. It's uh how do we, how do we sign up, get some, get some time on Audible, self-publish a book and, you know, and sort of start cashing in on, on, on the ritual abuse, but just instead of ritual abuse, be like, you know. I'm a werewolf and I feel misunderstood. <laughs> I don't know, Marie. So no. why, why don't we, so all of this stuff is kind of out there floating in the, floating in the world, right? It's on the yes. internet. You can find it all, whatever it, it hasn't really, I would say the difference of the satanic panic versus say normal kind of conspiracy stuff was, I think it crystallized and started to a butt into the real world. Yes. You started to see these things actually occurring. And we start to see it today, too, now with um, with Pizzagate and QAnon. So, Marie, do you want to give kind of a quick rundown on what is Pizzagate? Oh, my God. Um, I have to think about it. But Pizzagate basically is a conspiracy theory that. Um, oh, crap. Hold on, Jake. I'm going to have to Google it. <laughs> Seriously. Well, that's that's so I will start by saying that is one of the things with Pizzagate. It's like I think. I don't always understand what it is. It's the idea. So the idea of it is the conspiracy is that high up government officials, such as the Clintons, are running a are running a a, a uh, human trafficking, child trafficking, out of a pizza parlor. Yeah. So in, it's in, where in in DC in DC. DC. Okay. It's Comet Ping Pong Pizza in DC. Now, on top of that, too, the I again, it's the same. Uh, okay. is mm-hmm. the same satanic ritual tropes, right? It's yes. 
It's yes. just it's it's powerful people. Yes. Take children from their families. They uh, yes. sexually abuse them. They do ritual abuse things to them. So again, kind of this idea of um, first you bring them, you dehumanize them, you give them a fake death, and then a re uh, a mock rebirth um, into Satan's clutches or the Illuminati or whatever, right. and then. Essentially, they become a sex slave, kind of a, a, a almost an automaton for them until they themselves become a member of the cult. So that's actually an important point in that book, The Illuminati Sex Abuse Rituals on Audible, that the author says that he was a Illuminati, essentially that he was an Illuminati agent whose job it was to kidnap and deprogram children to be sex slaves. Mm. So... Other things, the one thing that I that I had forgotten about this now reviewing it, I forgot that a lot of this came from the leaked the WikiLeaks leaked emails from John Podesta. Yeah, that they, so, they yeah. Yeah, that they were combing through it and they were looking for whatever was in John Podesta's emails and he had mentioned thanking somebody for the cheese pizza or some there was some like innocuous remark about cheese pizza that because it has the same initials as child pornography, somebody on uh, 4chan thought that that was what that was and begun to spread this whole, like, again, self-substantiated, right? It's like we're now finding code words and hidden meaning in this this treasure trove of, of Podesta's emails, and it all of a sudden is a pedophilia ring. Absolutely. Led by the Democratic Party, which is insane. Well, it's, it's not it's not just the Democratic Party though. It is it is um it is wealthy Republicans as well. Oh the yes, Bushes are involved, yes. right? It's it's essentially a deep state uh kind of you know, think about the swamp, add a layer of, of kitty uh horrible stuff to it, right? Um and then it it kind of morphed though. The idea has morphed now from um so first it was satanic panics. Then it was kind of this idea of the Illuminati, right, floating around the internet. Now, then it became Pizzagate, and now it has become QAnon, which is separate but similar. A lot of the same ideas are part of that as well. The QAnon conspiracy theory essentially is that there is someone in the Trump administration who has Q-level security clearance, which is supposed to be the, the highest level of clearance above the president, above everyone else. And is that, that even a thing? First of all, can don't, I ask that? I don't know. I don't think so. But, you know, it's like 007, right? Like, oh. And so the idea is that this person is deciding to go on a, uh, you know, an image board of cartoon frogs. And uh, and essentially, I mean, Sorry. literally like, you know, 4chan was the website you went on to gross yourself out in middle school, right? Like, uh-huh. it is, uh-huh. it is... Still, I would say slightly better than Reddit because it doesn't take itself as seriously as Reddit does. But good God, anyone who's getting their information from 4chan, come on, guys. So the uh, the 4chan threads kind of started with the idea of QAnon being a, you know, being a uh, this person who's going on and leaking these ideas out. It's and anonymous, par- yeah. And, and part of the beauty of it is that it is. They are essentially like Nostradamus's quatrains almost. They are written in such an ambiguous way that you can read anything you want into them. And so a big part of this theory is that Donald Trump 
is kind of a, a businessman who was not involved in these satanic sex cult rituals, even though he hung out with all the same people. So I don't know how he ended up not getting invited to the party. He actually, yeah. But, um, yes. I mean, he hung out with the same people that the Clintons hung out with. Right. So it's like, yeah, that doesn't make a lot of sense for a lot of it, but that's cool. Whatevs, whatever. So Mm -hmm. the idea is that he came in, discovered all this was happening and is now attempting to take on the deep state, these child pornography rings, et cetera, um, from within the government, right? The calls coming from within the house. And so he is working with Robert Mueller to take on John Podesta, Hillary Clinton, George Soros, Obama, right? All of them, everyone, but I guess the people that he hung out with, even though they're all there. So he's working with Mueller, right? Mueller is not trying to take him down. Mueller and Trump are a tag team. Now, listen, listen, if, if the D, if the, if all that other stuff was true, Go Trump, yo. Like, take him down. You know what I mean? But it's, it's again. a good cover story so far. Great cover story. It's, so it's all of this kind of, it's all of this sort of conspiracy, though, continuing. And it it has not changed. It is the same satanic panic kind of story over and over again. And it, it, and now we're not even, it's, it's transitioned from a point of, we believe kids, we have to fight against Satanism. We have to whatever, right? Like the legal system almost going crazy to now the public and, and you know, let's not put, you know, you can't kind of get around this fact, disturbed individuals, people who are yeah. already likely violent or going to become violent people who need help desperately latching onto these conspiracies that are now wildly available. They're, they're much easier to get a hold of. And decide, you know, my life to this point hasn't had meaning. This stuff I believe in, this is real. I am going to become a hero mm-hmm. by, you know, sending a weapon to a to yeah. a child porn ring leader. Or I am going to go to the pizza parlor where they're hiding the kids with a gun and demand that they get released. Or, you know, God knows what's next. Here's So the thing that I thought was interesting about QAnon and about kind of the modern day conspiracies is they can't. So they is sort of this idea of, of Robert Mueller within QAnon, right? They don't really have anything to say on him. Like conspiracy theories haven't stuck to him yet, but I've been tracking to. And I, th- and I, I'm kind of curious about that. Cause I would think that if you were going to put something together, like this, you know, this deep state shadowy figure who's sitting in quiet judgment, pulling up facts and, you know, is the spider at the center of the web would be a really good, would be a really good linchpin. But it never, it never sticks. It never comes up. It's never, it doesn't have any traction to it. Well, it's sort, from it's everything sort of everything that I've read, right? It's sort of an interesting, it's sort of an interesting marriage because I think, you know, before let's say like before Donald Trump, right? A lot of these kind of conspiracies of, you know, uh, perverted parties and, and, uh, you know, Satan worship and whatever, um, were still, I mean, they were always kind of a, you know, part of the, I guess, religious conspiracy theory world. Right. Mm -hmm. But the idea of these, of these tremendous cabals controlling the earth and whatever, they were a, they were a part of both sides conspiracy theories, 
right? Yeah. There was kind of, you know, it was either an oil baron or it was a, um, you know, an oil baron or it was a tech giant or it was whatever. But in both cases, it was they're coming after innocent people and the innocent people tend to vote like I do. Right. Yes. Yes. With this, it's kind of a subversion. I think it's I think actually because of the political climate we're in today where people. What's the word where people want to. Uh, people want to. I think we think that both sides are just as evil as the other. You know, they're both evil, mm -hmm. right? Yes. They both have their problems, whatever. And so uh, this idea of kind of a, you know, of there being still good people in the government, I think has to be a part of these conspiracies because otherwise you would just fall into despair. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, I really like, I think yeah. it's, I, it's interesting though, because like you said, yeah, I mean, I, I would not be surprised if, you know, if Mueller's report comes out and says this stuff, whatever, he will become a part of this conspiracy theory, right? I, you I know, think, the next yeah. day, yeah. the next day they're going to be like, look, we found him in, in Tony Podesta's emails. Look, you yeah, know, if you um, spell it backwards, it right. Was, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. I feel like, well, I feel like it's one of the reasons they, that he doesn't, he doesn't have any traction is that he hasn't done, like he's, it's silence. Right? Absolutely. There's nothing to feed off. Absolutely. It's, think, it's radio silence. Yes. Yeah. And I think that a lot, a lot of with, with, with this type of thing, with QAnon, with whatever it gets, the growth comes oxygen feeds the fire. Right. And so I feel like you get, you put it on the news, you start talking about more, even with satanic panic, you know, Oprah's talking about you going on, da, 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 da. It feeds, it feeds the machine and you can't, you can't build a narrative off of something that's not going to give you something to talk about. And I think yeah. that that's a lot of what's how you see that now. Cause I, I was like, was, I was very curious about like that kind of weird. Cause if you look at QAnon, you're like, okay, if I put a certain lens on it, it makes, oh, he's in there, he's fighting the good fight and he's working with, and you're like, what, what? really? What? That's like, there's just something peculiar about it. It's that, interesting. And in that front. Honestly, not I like the whole thing isn't crazy sauce, but you know, it's like that to me is like even an anomaly. Like we don't know what to do with Robert Mueller in our conspiracy world, right? We don't know what to do with him because he hasn't given us anything to, you know, he's the shadowy figure, but he hasn't given us anything to work with. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's extremely, it's extremely interesting. I mean, it's, it really is kind of our thing. I think our, I don't know. I, it's hard. It's so hard to, it's so hard to get a sense of, I guess, where, you know, where does the panic go from here? Right. Mm -hmm. Cause I, I think, mm -hmm. I, th I don't think it's so far fetched to say that this is a, a another era, a new era of panics. Right. I don't yeah. think it's, I don't no. think that's so far out to say that no. now, maybe that's because we are kind of entrenched in, you know, I mean, I'm getting on arguments on, Facebook UFO groups like every day oh. now. So, you know, so maybe it's because we are entrenched in kind of that world. People, first of all, just leave Chris alone. If there's a crazy <laughs> one you want to pick a fight with, it's me. But I don't believe in them. I spell but, physics with a K. I don't care. But Go ahead. like, I mean, no, though, it's true. It's interesting to me that there is this, I think, um, I think that there is this, this realm or this world where, you know, it seems much worse than it is. 
right? And that's why I think it's so important to, uh, what's the word? I think that's why it's so important to kind of, you know, talk with someone who doesn't have your views, talk about something you have in common, right? Get, you know, just the world is not as bad as it seems right now. And it took us, you know, 75 minutes to get to that point. But, (laughs) you know, really though, I mean, it's, it seems very scary. I thought this would be a great topic for Halloween just because of how, how scary I find it, you know, but it's man, just, you know, grab a beer, grab a beer with someone you're friends with, talk about other stuff, get, get into it, you know, but the, this realm of conspiracy, I think the scariest thing about all this for me is the only way I think that we will come out of this is to start engaging in uncomfortable conversations with people yes. who have other opinions than you, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. You know, um, checking people when they say something ridiculous, even if it is something ridiculous that you would ne- you would maybe tend to agree with the sentiment behind, right? You know, I mean, there have been there have been far too many times where someone that I would otherwise agree with was like, you know, oh, you know. George W. Bush is a war criminal and, you know, whatever. And it's like, man, I don't know. (laughs) You know, it just Mm -hmm. comes down to that, I think, sense of, like, we got to come together, Marie. Was this, I don't know. (laughs) Well, I think of a large part of how do you combat fear? How do you combat fear of it, especially as, like, so insidious that it can become panic, is you have to question you have to question your own beliefs and what you're telling yourself mm-hmm. too. Like if mm-hmm. there's a certain amount of like self uh, reflect reflexivity, reflectivity, reflectivity that, you know, like I know what I believe in. I know what I hold dear and I know, I, I know what I, I believe in and if I, I, but I think you always have to, test that you always have to kind of question that you always have to question is the reason I locked my car door when uh you know a young black man walks by because I just wanted to start my car or is it because inherently I was scared of him for no reason I mean I think you have to check yourself because some of the things you're gonna find out are not things that make you feel good no they're gonna be things that'll make you uncomfortable they're gonna be things that make you feel bad they're gonna be things about you feel bad about yourself but by starting to at least acknowledging them and acknowledging sort of like the monster is here, the monster is you. It's not somewhere else. It's in you, and you have to be able to start to see it. That, I think, is what breaks down the conspiracy theory a little bit, and it starts to like help check the things of like, well, this isn't rational because I created that. I created that fear, mm-hmm. projected that, or I, I made an assumption about something because I wanted to feel right, but feeling right is is not necessarily what's going to solve anything. No. It's my two cents. Oh my goodness. But Marie. you gotta sit down and carve some pumpkins, my people. Yeah, it's you Halloween! You, you get out some candy, you get the fake teeth on, the vampire teeth. Oh, it's all very exciting. Oh, oh, it's gonna be some good stuff. All right. It's good stuff. <laughs> Dear listeners, thank you so much for spending another year with the Mad Scientist podcast. We love you. We love you all so much. We will be back. Uh, we'll be back in another week with our next episode here on uh, on on something a little bit lighter. 
Something a little bit lighter than the soul-crushing stuff we normally talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. Spooky, spooky. We get spooky, spooky. Awesome. All right. Thanks again so much. Thank you again, dear listeners, for listening to the Mad Scientist podcast. I have been your host, Chris Cogswell, joined by my co-host, Marie Mayhew. If you'd like to contact the show, please send us an email at themadscientistpodcast at gmail.com. That's all one word. You can also follow us on Twitter at Mad Scientist Pod or at Team Giant Squid for Marie. And of course, you can see us on Facebook, on Instagram, and all over the internet as the Mad Scientist Podcast. And again, our logo is the one with the pumpkin head, so it's easy to see. Mm-hmm. If you've enjoyed the show tonight, please consider supporting us on Patreon, where the money that you give to us will help us to promote this show further, to make it better, and just to spend more time making it. Because we love doing that. We do love doing that. Our logo was designed by Carrie Shaheen, our... Web design is done by Desdemona Howard. Woo-hoo. And our sound design is done by Jake Cardinal. Thanks again for listening. <laughs> Thank you. This has been a damn it chippy production. A news story gets shared by a friend on social media, or you catch a tweet that really makes your blood boil. But how do you separate fact from fiction? That's the premise behind Disinformation, a 10-part series from Evergreen Podcasts and Emergent Risk International coming this fall. Tune in to Disinformation wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, don't believe everything you read.